Welcome back to the Roadie Medic Podcast, the podcast about the people that make up the life of live events. Thank you, merci, shukran e obrigado to the listeners out there across the world. The Roadie Medic Tour is crossing continents. The last episode, we were in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia to meet Jeddah's first female paramedics, talking about mass gatherings and the Hajj and gender inequality. In a couple of weeks' time, we'll be heading over to Brazil, talking to some colleagues uh, that are dealing with COVID and carnival. Thank you for offering your time today to listen. Thank you for your ears. We've broken 200 listeners in about two weeks. So, um, you know what that means? We've got a problem. We need a bigger tour bus. And to help us out with that, we're going to meet a band that are used to putting in the miles from venue to venue, gig to gig across the land. They know what it's like to tour on mass. In this episode, we're going to get into the minds of a band called The Moods. They are a 10-piece outfit from Manchester, England. I'm telling you, you're going to love this and you're going to love The Moods. Why? Well, the moods for me are the authentic sound of Britain 2020 right now. Multicultural, multifaceted, political, energetic, honest, and yeah, a little bit moody. They started out 16 years ago as an indie band and they have evolved into a trans-genre sound machine, mixing drum and bass, reggae, roots, two-step, trumpets, violins, kitchen sink, pretty much anything they can get their hands on, they will make decent. So for the next 30 minutes, we're gonna be getting off the tour bus, heading over to the Boom Shack, which we all know is the band's top secret recording studio. So if you've got your passes, let's meet the ringleader of the band. Let's do the moods on the Roadie Medic podcast. Hello, Dave. How are you doing? I'm good, mate. Thanks for having us on. I kind of came across your music through watching Strange Ways Here We Come. Okay, the movie, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the movie. So, yeah you made a few bob off that. <laughs> what we didn't it was uh no we, it was all this nowadays as you probably know yourself everything's uh, exposure in it yeah absolutely. everyone wants to pay you in exposure these days well obviously i can't uh pay for my food with exposure the tesco don't take exposure <laughs> but, yeah so <laughs> no it was a great uh teddy christian don't you remember him as a radio dj author he used to Post the word on Channel Four many years ago. Brought a lot of great brands to the British people's attention. I think you had Nirvana on, Happy Mondays at the time, or some great bands that we now know. And he kind of brought them to live TV. But yeah, anyway, he, was, he put us in in touch with the director Chris Green, and very as you know, bit of a dark urban comedy. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, we, we kind of write about what we see and how we live and what we watch. You know, so that's where our lyrics come from yeah and i did it's great we got the first the opening scene the first five minutes is one of our songs all the way through as you know kids carry guns that's a song from 2014 and then at the end the credit titles run out to keep your powder dry which is the song of our last album Missing Peace album, which again, as you can probably listen to, covers everything and anything. Yeah. 
I mean, so you started out as an indie band, right? Who was involved in that to start with? Well, it started in school at Wright Robinson Sports College, which is in Openshaw, Manchester. Mm -hmm. And that was a couple of friends, a couple of lads. uh, They were were obviously 13, 14 at the time. Uh, Paul Holmes, who is our, again, ringleader, uh, engineer, basically writes a lot of the, the music to the tunes. Mark Cunner, Mark Cunningham, who's the still lead vocalist today. He was the vocalist. The original two members. Yeah, well, I, I met him. I was in another band at the time. I, I've got a good 10 years on most of the lads in the band. Yeah. And Alice, the lady in the band who plays violin. But yeah, I was in another band and I started, I seen these kids playing and I, they were amazing. The moods in the band, like you say. And I was playing another band. So I got on some gigs with my band around Manchester. Right. I really just really enjoyed what he did. So I was following him around, you know, trying to support him, get him. And they were, they were banging on about getting a new bass player. They needed a bass player. And I would say, I'm going to help you get a bass player and I'll, put, I'll find this guy for you and I'll do this. And they were like, well, we want you to do it. And I was like, oh, God, well, I'm in this other band. And... But anyway, yeah, I gave him a go and I've not looked back since. And that was maybe 14 years ago now. So I met him in the Blazers, yeah, from school, these guys. I was working. And I used to go around to their houses and practice. They'd come to mine. And I'd knock on the door coming home from work in my work gear. And he'd be like, these mums and dads would open the door to me. <laughs> and I wouldn't even know the names of these lads. They'd be like nicknamed by Omze and Cunner and stuff like that. And I'm knocking on the door and I'm going, geez, I'm talking to people's mums and dads here. You know what I mean? And I'm asking yeah. nicknames. And they're like, there's someone at the door for you. <laughs> and I know all the mums and dads now as well. We've all become great friends over the years. And anyway, yeah, so that's how I met him. Started playing and I've loved it. I write a lot myself, so we fit together, do you know what I mean? We've got the same ethos ideas and, yeah, indie music, that's what it was about, wasn't it? It was all guitars. We had two guitarists for a while, me on the bass, keyboards, uh, two singers. So, yeah, it was where we were at and where the time was at. And over the years, yeah, we just evolved. I think, like, we had no guitarist at one point, but we just never, uh, we've never not been a band. So we got a drummer in who we knew instead of a guitarist, and we ended up with two drummers. And overnight, you almost become this drum and bass band. So yeah, it kind of just changed one day in the band room. I don't know what happened. It was like, because we had no guitar. And because we had this heavy drum and bass stuff going on then, two drums playing, we was a drum and bass band all of a sudden. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. You take your lead guitar or whatever out, and then you got your, your drums, your bass, and that constant in the back, haven't you? And then I guess the tempo goes up. Yeah, then we just kept them decided on tempo then. It was like all about, right, we're going to... Because if you listen to our old stuff, we're a bit like Pink Floyd maybe, or yeah. a bit progressive rock. A lot of, again, the lyrical content has never changed. Yeah. You've always had an ethos of believing yourself, fight for what you believe in, and express yourself, and do not, you know, don't take no for an answer type thing.
tempo, we had a music change. Then once we got this tempo going, you just noticed a difference in from what I would call a still lake of a crowd with basically no ripples on it to being in the middle of the Pacific Ocean with waves just riding over your head of a crowd. You know what I mean? Everyone's going mental. It's movement. And then once you get that reaction, <laughs> you, you don't stop the you, you yeah, that's yeah. your you found your recipe almost, and that's yeah. it. Then you, you, that's what you do. You captured lightning in a bottle. You're onto something, and you just want to yeah, go down that. that. Yeah, make it about the, we make it about the live performance very much. That's why, again, after a little while of making music, we drafted in violin player, trumpet player, a couple of rappers, because it became about the show rather than just writing music in a studio. Then you realise, right, we've got these great tunes now, and we know samples and stuff on it that we were creating as an album. And it's like, well, the live show suffers because, you, you, you know, we've got backing track of this and that. So you then you bring in the musicians and over the years, you, might, you call it Boom Shack. It's now called Black Triangle Studios. Uh, it was Boom Shack for a while. Uh, it's a bit of a party place, Boom Shack. <laughs> you get shut down. Uh, now Black Triangle is a, more of a professional studio. <laughs> okay. we, uh, we, we have other... Bands come in now and record, and we have bands coming in and rehearsing there. So it's it's a bit of a business itself. Which obviously mm-hmm. with all the stuff that's going on, we've closed it since March. Mm-hmm. We only got back in there ourselves last week. Bit of social right. distance jamming. So that was our first jam since March. The I think it was about the 16th or the 17th. It was a Friday night around there. Mm-hmm. Like I say, last week was our first time back. So what's it like jamming in, in sort of two metres distances? <laughs> we've, got, we've got a big room and we do anyway. Uh, there's, only, there's nine of us who jam, but there was six of us at this practice. Mm-hmm. So we've got a few people are a bit like, we've got a school teacher and uh, you know, people who are meeting people all the time. So they're keeping themselves socially distanced still. But we, we do stuff on, you know, again, not on this Zoom. We've done stuff by phone. We've recently recorded yeah. our next release will come out next month or August, if not July, maybe beginning of August, Rise and Fall of America. We've got a little recording on our Moods uh, Facebook page and everyone just recorded on the phones. Started with a singer on an acoustic guitar. We sent it to the rapper who rapped on it in his phone. We yeah. then sent it to the violin player who played violin over it. We then sent it to the trumpet player who played trumpet <laughs> over it. So the four of the, four of the nine do a little acoustic shortened version. So things like that, technology has allowed us to stay in touch and be creative. That's the thing. It's kind of offered some new opportunities that you probably wouldn't have gone to, wouldn't have explored if you hadn't, you know, had to. It allows people to express themselves greatly these days, doesn't it? I don't think we would necessarily exist without it as a band. It's a carnival. And the mission is to get the recognition of the people that are listening to the chants. I am a mood, I am a mood. I'm with your loot to prove that the mood ain't a fluke. It's the truth that tonight is the night. Get yourself to the front, get the beat, take your right to the peak. Yeah. Oh, man. 
dancing. I'm twisted yet still skanking. Those marching drums were banging. Tonight's the night for chance. Looking back at like 2017, you were touring loads, doing a kind of traditional, doing loads of gigs, getting loads of exposure, getting word of mouth, getting people to be interested in the albums, the vinyl. Uh, now it's all online. People can go to uh, imimood.com. Is that right? And um, uh, well, yeah, I'm a mood.com. We've got we put all our content on there. It's nice to have your own website. We put some exclusives on there. But yeah, it's I am a mood.com. If you type that in, I am a mood generally leads you to all mood stuff, mood related. It was a t shirt, a great poet from Salford, JB Barrington. He does a lot of touring, but uh, yeah, we, great guy. He's very much in our ethos of what he speaks about. He made himself a T-shirt with it on. I think it was like, he's seen a song of ours, Hope, in 2014. Very political song. Uh, the whole uh, workers' rights song and stuff like that, basically. But yeah, he picked up on that and he made himself a T-shirt, I'm a mood. And next thing, all these people started making T-shirts. And then we took it as a little thing. We made a T-shirt with it on and it became quite popular. So, you know, and that, yeah. But JB came up with that. So we've used it since, yeah, I mean, we're going on a few years now. And we still use that hashtag, yeah, to get us about. With COVID, the studio was then closed for a period. Now you're kind of opening up, practicing and jamming together. Um, what has that totally caused a problem with income? Yeah, well, I mean, ultimately we all work. The reason we do what we do is because we've all... We decided, you know, you can't become a rock star overnight on a Friday night. Your job's on a Monday. We've always worked through. And by building the studio, Black Triangle, over the years, we paid a lot of money out ourselves making EPs. As you say, 16 years as a band is a long time. You record stuff, you make videos. So a long time ago, we decided to become very self-sufficient. We basically built our own studio for bedrooms, bits and pieces in bedrooms, recording ourselves to getting a, a place and building it. And now, yeah, we've got a fully function, which gives us a great solace in our writing. When we when we make stuff, we're not under pressure of paying thousands of pounds out to yeah. get this right. And sometimes you walk out of a studio, and I know because we have people in ourselves who we, we charge to do this because we've got a great studio, we've got good engineers within the band. So the pressure's on you when you're spending like this £30 an hour or whatever yeah. it may be, you know what I mean? And then, but we've had, as I mean, that, we can just, we have hundreds of songs in the bank on hundreds of ideas. We can keep them, come back to them next year. We, we kind of don't lose songs. It's We've always got this great back catalogue. And even if we're inventing new stuff, there might be a bit of a section out of the song from two years ago that becomes a chorus mm-hmm. or a middle eight through a, because someone will remember it and go, oh, that, that's fitting. Go back in, yeah, it was two, somewhere, sure it was 2018 September, no, yeah. I might be wrong, it was probably July, but bam, 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 next thing you know, you've got this. So yeah, and that has, then also that brings a little income. The moods can bring an income when we're touring. So they go hand in hand, they both like perpetuate each other now. Yeah. We took it out of our hands and spending a load of money off our own backs. Mm-hmm. The studio builds the moods and the moods help pay for the studio when, but at the moment, it's all coming out of our pockets, but it's a good job, you know, we're, we work, we've trained in our lives, we've got chemists and teachers and builders and electricians, and so we're a rounded bunch anyway, do you know what I mean? And yeah. we, we, we live life and we don't just uh, 
live rock and roll, even though we, we know how to rock and roll. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's cool. It's like you guys are, you know, clearly authentic and you can hear it, you know, the lyrics from the lyrics to the, the way it's put together. There's a lot of craft in there and there's a lot of, you know, there's dedication to your art form. You know, it's, it's more. You. I know we, we do, we work hard at it and the writing, the lyrics, is just four lyricists in the band, really. The three singers and myself. The music is basically Paul uh, and Phil and Baz. And we do throw up little bits in ourselves and we say, I'll put this here, I'll actually have a trumpet on it, or what about this little melody? But yeah, and it's a great little teamwork that we have together and it just works. Yeah, we're, we're very blessed like that. But yeah, the lyrics are so important. We, have, we come up with themes that we're going to do and then it's, you know, like Rise and Fall of America started about a year or two. It was about gun crime, basically. And I, I'd done a little take on the, uh, the Constitution so it's like yeah. you, you're gonna te- you're gonna take the fifth, which is obviously people that don't know is the right to say nothing, because you're not giving up the second, which is the right to bear arms. So we just they talk about the right to bear arms, but they don't talk about the problem that it takes, and that is the constitution itself. It's a stupid, idiosyncratic. It lays laws upon itself constantly. That so it's just a joke upon their constitution and what it means and then what we think. America does what it's become to mean today. Absolutely, and one of the biggest oppressors in the world for me at the moment is government. You know, and that is what the way I see it and the way we write it. So yeah, and it's it's an absolutely time for now. You know, with all the stuff that's that's happened happening, it just it's it's the same story, mate. Honestly, we've been talking about it. Ourselves. I mean, before we were talking about it, I was listening to bands that talk about it. That's why I do it, and we write like we do. If yeah. We're into bands, well, I give statements and say something. I'm not saying you have to do that. Your love song is beautiful, don't get me wrong. Mm. Can't beat a good love song. Or whatever, uh, a song about your breakfast, great. But we are, that's not what we write about, you know what I mean? We, we, we do have fun songs about partying, because you've got to throw them in, but we're generally, yeah. Uh, what would you say? We're a protest band, don't we? Because there's a lot of things to protest about in this world. And to me, it never changes, even from the old guys who wrote about it, Bob Dylan and yeah. Floyd, whoever. They were there. And the story's the same, mate. Just different people oppressing us in different ways for me. Yeah. We can almost be looked at and say, oh, you word that word. They were very prophetic there, weren't you? No, not really, because we're just talking about what happened. If you don't see it, we look at it constantly, you see. Some people don't care to look, and then now they're seeing it and they're going, oh my God, I can't believe that the government would do that to somebody or the police would, like, oh, wow. Whereas I've known about it since uh, before I was born. Yeah, decade <laughs> after decade. Yeah, personally as a second generation immigrant, I mean, I was born in this country, but I'm still kind of have that label of an immigrant. You know, for me, it's kind of like, okay, we got to this post-George Floyd moment where Black Lives Matters, equality, diversity is back right up there. But we've kind of been there before. 2011, we had the riots with the Duggan shooting. We've been there before in the 80s, Brixton riots down the road from where I live. And we've been there before in the 70s and the 60s and probably whatever inspired the blues. You yeah. know, <laughs> we were there before. Yeah. <laughs> so... Well, yeah, you know, you probably know, like me, ultimately, like, you, you, I do have these racist people out there. But I think ultimately Britain is, is not a racist country. It's racist people. It might be racist institutions or the way 
you know, I don't experience it because I'm white. I did experience it when I was younger. My dad's Irish. And literally, when we bought a new house in Manchester in the 70s, someone yeah. broke in. And they wrote, IRA bastards, we will kill you on the walls. My mum was terrified. I was only a kid, so I barely remember it. But because that was a time of that. No dogs, no blacks, no Irish time. You know what I mean? My yeah. dad lived in London first, met my mum, both from Ireland. And they lived in them times where you weren't allowed in places because it said it on the wall. Yeah. You weren't welcome. I go to Ireland a lot because I'm Irish. And I, when you're over there, joking, what they call you in Ireland is a tan, a black and tan. Mm. It was the guys who went over there in the early 1900s. They were letting people out of prison over here. And literally, if you were a murderer or a rapist, you could do a five-year term in Ireland as a soldier. Because all our soldiers were all over the world. And the, second, mm. the First World War was going on. We had no soldiers. And literally, these guys, the black and tans went over there. And they were some of the most horrible people, if you want to read about it. I've got, I'm turning it into a political rant. It's gone off music, and it's <laughs> let's bring it Not back. Me. Let's bring it back. Yeah, we'll do, bring it back. I'm going to do it really subtly, though. So, like, let's talk about a protest, political protest uh, playlist. Uh, what would you put on there? I'm going to put uh, "Fight the Power, Public Enemy." Uh, well, I'm going to have a song by again Irish song. There's a song called "Ordinary Man" by Christy Moore. Fantastic song. I suppose if we're talking political protest playlists, then. Definitely on my list. You've got Gil Scott Heron, The Revolution Will Not Be Televised, Rage Against the Machine, Killing in the Name of, The Specials, Ghost Town from 1981, Grandmaster Flash and The Furious Five with The Message, Bob Marley and the Wailers, Get Up, Stand Up, Pink Floyd, Another Brick in the Wall, and a bit of James Brown, Say It Loud, I'm Black and I'm Proud. And we, we try and write songs like that, hopefully. That'll last the test of time. I mean, definitely. I think if America, if America hears Rise and Fall of America, you know, it's going to be immensely popular. I mean, I'd say we've got a good few hundred around the country. We've got Scotland, we get an amazing response up there. Scotland's got Edinburgh, obviously Manchester. But yeah, no, we do all right. People want to buy our albums anyway. Enough for us to get on the bus and drive around the country to play to people you know i mean that's the main thing in it people want to see it and are looking so, forward to the new stuff if you're traveling with nine or ten of you then yeah how does that work out and have you got like um who, who's doing your tech like who's doing your monitors are you doing it all yourself i guess because no, well, luckily we, we do we know what we're doing so we can help out and but generally the venues we go to now around england are great aren't they mm. you know, even some of your pubs now have got these you know, they have like £40,000 system and even in a pub and then you go to some <laughs> decent venues, you can be playing on a half a million pounds worth of gear. Amazing. Throwing some good venues around, because you know it pays, well obviously at the moment it's not paying the way, but you know, there's some great venues out there and the sound and the engineers they have, you know, and there's as many engineers as there is bands now, people in college and university looking, so yeah, the, the, the talent out there on that side is amazing. <laughs> Actually, we were just talking about venues and stuff and, you know, the independent venues, um, they're really struggling at the moment. And I don't know what one meter plus means, to be honest, and what it means to them. But if people could go on the music venue dot com, that's a, a charity out there that is raising, they've raised a million or so, um, but they need more because there are about 800 venues across the country that are in danger of, you know, going Maybe if you haven't been to a gig and you do go to gigs, like you say, and you use these venues. So, you know, every now and then you go and see three local bands now on a Wednesday night in your village, in your hometown, Birmingham, wherever you live. You pay five, don't you, or something? Five, six quid maybe, you know. So if you haven't been to one of these places in the last three months and you've missed it, maybe pretend you've been, get your fiver out of your pocket, 
your six quid and donate because that, like you say, could bring that next great band to your local pub or your local wherever. So great idea, Aaron. But yeah, if you think of it like that, one entry fee over the last three months, you might have not seen these gigs. Bang it to the trust and see if you can help out. So uh, the hashtag out there is Save Our Venues. And you, you can follow the people that run the charity um, at Music Venue Trust on Twitter and um, musicvenuetrust.com. So we kind of touched on, we've talked about the state we're in. <laughs> well, listen, let's look at the basic facts, right? 40 odd thousand deaths, right, in three months, okay? Yeah. Disaster, mate. Absolutely. Right? So I'm calling everything else. This is just me now, my opinion. I'm calling them out on distraction. Okay? Clapping for the NHS was mass distraction. Yeah. Weapon of mass distraction, it's called. The Nightingale Hospital, which you was in, it's looked like they were giving you, they were spending money like mad. All these things on the news you couldn't get. I was hearing stories about Manchester having cupboards full of stuff, right? But they won't yeah. let them send it to the trusts. He wanted some kind of fear going out. I don't care what anyone says. But anyway, it was mass distraction. 40,000 people died. Bottom line, we had a lot of illnesses. They said it was going to happen. It was almost like they told it was going to happen. We accepted it. And now we're walking around like, and everyone's going, oh, it's only 171 today. Yeah. We've almost become so used, right, to these numbers. We've devolved into this sense now. The claps, we've done all these things. Everyone wants an haircut now. Everyone wants to get back out for a pint. Weather scheme. <laughs> madness mate i won't be going on the 4th of july to no pub you know the lockdown it's been great for some things i hope people have grasped onto stuff and realize what you can do and uh, yeah not just what i'll go back to the pub back to the the new norm or the old norm was rubbish mate i was going around manchester there's people living on the streets constantly on the benches and in the bushes near where i live i've got a lovely little river people living it mate so if that was the norm, we want to go back to that. That's why we write about it. It's all in the news. Let's go back to the music. And tell us about the 2020 tour that never happened. Where were you kind of yeah. going to be touring to? Who were you going to be touring with? We were off. We, we, we didn't do anything because we, we have an album coming out May the 23rd. So it was going to be Somebody's Hero, Nobody's Soldier album. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were playing at the Academy in Manchester. Which were, it's 1200 uh, Academy 2, which is a 1200 venue. Got some great support acts on uh, YK operators, 10 eyed men were going to be playing with us. It was all organised, the albums pressed, vinyl, ready to roll. We had uh, a big review thing going on. I think it was like the 27th of March or something, it was supposed to go down. So we had loads of bloggers, and it was going to be the first play for all them. We had CDs made up for them. Uh, yeah, no, get some hype before it, and then we're going to play it live. We love to play it live. We're going to play the whole album and a few off the old ones. Uh, but yeah, it all went, didn't happen. So yeah, we had Edinburgh lined up. We was all over the place, mate, up and down the country. Festivals that never went. Luckily, we've been rebooked for a lot of festivals. Who were, well, however they do it, they obviously didn't make any money this year. But they didn't have to put it on. So hopefully, yeah, we've already been rebooked for Kelburn Garden Party in Scotland. 
uh, doing the rabbit hole in Scotland again. They love us in Scotland. We love we love going to Scotland. Just, <laughs> we've got this mad vibe up there with the utter dance, and we love it up there. But yeah, so we're being rebooked, and we're just we can crack on. We've not took any money off the government from the studio because we don't we don't know what we're entitled to because that's been closed down. And as a band, you can't really you know we can throw receipts at people, but mm. your money gets eaten up touring and pressing and you know what I mean if you break even sometimes even a band like us because we know how hard it is you know you're constantly reinvesting in yourself to get to where you want to be going on a bus with them guys it's just great fun then we get off and you know a lot of people when you do these festivals we always out with a crowd dancing us it's not like we're backstage and all this but we're out on the front watching all the other bands and we know a lot of these but it's almost like a massive community the other bands and yeah, so it's just a great way to spend your off time at the weekends. We do it. We work all week. So we bash things out. We can do Friday, Saturday, Sundays sometimes, get across the country and set gigs up that way. All the way to Inverness is the furthest we've been. The last city in Britain, right on the River Ness there, looking for Nessa. <laughs> so that's a great place as well. It's like a 10-hour drive in our minibus. You've got a limiter on it. <laughs> so yeah, it takes us a while to get there, you know, after stopping for a bit of food. Then we generally just party all night, give the driver, get the driver a room to stay in. And then we fall asleep on the way home. <laughs> so it doesn't cost that much in hotel rooms and stuff, you know what I mean? You just keep partying. It's like time travelling then, isn't it? Before you know it, you're in Manchester. You don't know how you got there. You're back home again. <laughs> I think I've been on that bus. Money and all the things. It's about your quality quality of life i had the same thing it's like um there'd be some jobs that i do and i might not you know break even it's just what you know i get to go to places where i'd probably have to pay as a punter for any other reason but if i've got a purpose to be there if i apply my skills that i do as, as a medic but then i also get to be surrounded by music and everything all the lights yeah. and all the excitement and you get to see stuff from a different aspect as so as an outsider i just find it curious and interesting the kind of carnival kind of lifestyle of it you know taking your one-man tent and pitching it in sort of the driving rain of download festival and then taking that same tent two weeks later down to glastonbury and then bumping into the guy from security that you looked after in the tent two weeks before and checking on him and there's a bit of a community out there you know in the festival it it makes you wonder sometimes like i say i know we spent a bit of time this evening talking about some of the horrors in the world and this happens. But God, when you go to these places and festivals and even your own community, you know, lovely people everywhere just trying to get on in life. Have you ever had sort of times where, um, you know, you've got 10 guys in the, in the band where, and you've got like quite a, a heavy routine of, of shows and back-to-back shows and traveling. Do you ever have problems with uh, anxiety creeping in or just being jaded? Or uh, Every now and then maybe, yeah. There can be one or two of us, a bit tired, a bit this. And yeah, it's good to put an arm around each other in it and be together. But it, for us, it's very, we all love doing it, you see. So you gear yourself up for it. And yeah, it's what we do. So you love it. It's like, wow, yeah, this point. getting I don't know if the gig's beautiful, the finishing the gig. Talking about a gig, there's so many highs that come from this life of doing, you know, again, it's, we played the Manchester Arena last year. We did a song for the Tate Wando World Championships. It, it was the very first time it ever came out of Asia. It's always in like Uzbekistan, Japan, Korea, because it's over there, 
uh, taekwondo is the huge sport. It's, it's like we have premiership football, you know. Mm-hmm. So when it came to Manchester, because we've got a few world champions, so yeah, we there was a little competition. So we sent a song in, and they loved it. It's on this album. It's called Strong Song. My three-year-old loves it. I've been I've been oh, obviously yeah. playing a bit of the moods at home to to get into. Nice. Oh, we have lots of mini moods when we do festivals. Like people follow us with the kids now. It's great, <laughs> and mini moods come. And we had a anyway. We played this MEN Arena, uh, strong. So it was like it was only half size. They shut it in half. So he had the, on the first from the Thursday to the Sunday. He had the competition, and we closed the closing ceremony with two songs. We played strong and carnival. Now for us, that is like hometown MEN Arena. How can it get any better? <laughs> Biggest venue, hometown, amazing. I've got that now. You can never take that away from us lot. Even though we I've plan to go on to greater things, no doubt about it for us. New album coming out. But like you say, without our effort, you don't get to these places and pinnacles of your life, as you want to call it, you know what I mean? And we, actually had a picture in, we actually had a picture in the Manchester Arena, right, for 10 years of us. About 2012 or something. I don't know, yeah, probably earlier than that, actually, yeah. Two, 2000s, anyway, someone took a picture of us at Academy and he won a competition and it went up in the Manchester Arena. And this was 10 years before we played it last year. And we knew about this picture and we'd seen a picture of this picture. But it's all backstage, you know, where the artists are in the MEN. So last year, we obviously get to be artists in the MEN and got our own backstage passes. And we're in the corridor and hey, hold, there's a picture of the moods. Amazing. <laughs> and when that picture got took 10 years ago, I said to the lads, I went, don't mind having a picture in there. We're playing that place one day. You know what I mean? And it came true. So when we played it last year, I said to him, right, we're going to sell it out next. Okay, so that's the next plan. Our own, not to take one though. So, so yeah, you've got to have a plan. Yeah. And hey, if you don't get there, you have great fun getting there, don't you, mate? And Absolutely. That's, that's always a plan. And you should always die with a dream. Don't let your dreams die before you do, do you know what I mean? Die with your dream firmly going and rapping on in place, shouting and screaming <laughs> right to the end about your dream. <laughs> that's, that's what we do. And on that note, I think it's time to play the new single, Rise and Fall of America. It's coming off the new album. Somebody's hero, nobody's soldier. So yeah, like Rise wait. and Fall of America. Aaron, thank you very much for thank promoting so us much. and chatting. Thank you for your time, mate. This is the rise and fall of America. A bullish bag of battle on the grave. This is the rise and fall of America. Over the bullish and the guns and the land of the graves. Rise and fall of America. A bullish bag of battle on the grave. This is the rise and fall of America. Over the bullish and the guns and the land of the graves. Tragically tragic, we've all been distracted. The seems to believe in a man and his magic. A nuclear reactor, the overreacted. It killed all the fish, so we replaced them with plastic. Tapestry, Dukes and presidents, and we bear with the majesty. 
irresistible chemistry and a bullet on legacy Making everybody yell and every set them a remedy The eagerly circling, sight's got a burger in Demolish three brother and then give him a Burger King These are all justified, ends is a rush to find Children are falling in malls, gunshots will echo the yard Hi, I'm Sam from Reflex Medical and we're really pleased to be working in association with The Roadie Medic. We're your complete one-stop shop for pre-hospital care equipment, from bandages to defibrillators and everything in between. Our range is continually expanding and is comprised of some of the leading brands in the pre-hospital arena. We only sell equipment we would be happy using in our own event medical work as we know our customers deserve the best. We can supply bespoke and fully kitted bags and can offer leasing or hire options to help you get started. Contact us today on hello at reflexmedical.co.uk or give us a call on 0800 862 0344. Get 10% off everything in our range when you use the code RODIMEDIC at checkout at reflexmedical.co.uk. There's no minimum order and delivery is free when you spend £20 or more.